Welcome back, everybody, to the next edition of the E-Professor of Real Estate. Sorry for the delays. Um, this will probably be every other week for a couple weeks here, and I do apologize for that. But there's been a lot of things going on business-wise, and it's been hard for me anyways to manage both. But this week, we actually get to talk about how to handle our business as a business. I get to talk with one of my friends, Carrie Little, and we are both real strong in the tech world, but I'll be honest with you, very little of this conversation is tech-related. It's more about what we need to do, practices, efficiencies we need to do to handle ourselves as business. Welcome to the E-Professor Real Estate Podcast. My name is Justin Lethby, and I'm a realtor, trainer, and coach. My sole purpose here is to take my many years in real estate, as well as my even many more years as a trainer, and get you to your goals and beyond. I'm going to do this by talking about business, growth development, branding, marketing, you know, basically all successful things that entrepreneurs are doing today. And hey, since I'm your tech guy, there's going to be tech thrown in here as well. So let's go. Welcome, everybody. This is Justin E. Professor of Real Estate, and I have Carrie Little with us here. And we're just going to kind of chat today, but we're going to talk about business basics. It's really, I think, a great time to talk about what do we start need to do. We're getting close to 2021. Carrie actually represented a few stats, and I'll introduce her a little bit better here in a second, but she absolutely ran a few stats that I think are um, scary, really, to be honest with you, coming up that we're seeing out there. And I think we need to be prepared for what's going to happen in 2021. So Carrie Little, she is a managing broker of her own office, Caremark. She is a speaker, trainer nationwide. She is Smart Girl Media. You may see her across that stuff. Uh, and really just a powerhouse. And I've known her for a long time because we teach MRED together, an MLS company uh, locally. We teach that quite together. And um, we're both techies. And we're both high eyes. So if anybody knows me, you know I'm a big disc person. We're both chatty. So just I would say hold on to your seats because if we get going, there may be some tangents we jump on and just kind of bear with us because that's kind of how it works when me and Carrie talk to one another. So welcome, Carrie. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. It's Friday and it's already a busy day. So <laughs> I, I, I thank you for allowing me to join you live all over the place and on your podcast. I love it. I love it. I love it. So did I miss anything? Any other bragging points I need to brag on you about? No, Google me. Google you. That's always the best way, right? Yeah. So you sent me, I was talking to you this past week saying, let's get you on. What do you want to talk about? And you said my inbox is not my business or something along those lines. And I read the article. I'll say it like this. There is no inbox. Inbox. There you go. Because I used to be an admin of a company. And they used to give me all my work. Or when you had a real job, they used to give you all your work. As a real estate agent, you have to go create the work. Yep. Yeah, and I would say that's perfectly well said. So you wrote basically eight things in here. We'll kind of run through them. I don't think we're running necessarily in the certain order that you have them. But I do like the first one that you have. And I think it's the biggest thing that we need to talk about right now because – 
Um, NAR about four years ago wrote stats out there saying, uh, 60% in three years, 80% in five. And those numbers, in case people aren't aware what that is, it's the turnover rate in real estate, right? We have a high turnover rate in real estate. It's incredibly crazy. I think personally it's for a couple reasons. I think the biggest reason is the threshold to get in for real estate is low. One of the lowest out there for any entrepreneurial job out there. But the energy, the effort, and the end costs are higher than a lot of them out there, and people just aren't ready for that. So your first thing you say is treat real estate like a business. And even though that sounds like a no-duh comment, I think it's a huge eye-opener for many of us. So let's talk about that. What do you mean by let's treat this like a business? Because I'm going to tell you I treat it like a business, or at least I think I do. Right. I mean, you have to be the owner of the business. Even though you're sponsored by a brokerage, you have to get up, get dressed, and plan to do the work. You have to be the person that cre- you have to create your business plan. You have to write down your goals, and you have to track your business. You have to follow up with clients. And we really, seriously, I think everybody needs to get up, take a shower, get dressed, and go to the office, even if your office is your kitchen table. Because if you don't treat this like a serious business, you will be out of business well and that's harder said than done today right i mean we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic which is kind of a double meaning because i mean pandemic isn't literally worldwide but we are so used to in the past when i first started real estate i had an office to go to i had a building to go to well that's not happening as much right now (laughs) so going in and getting to our office is huge Mm mm-hmm what else do I got to do for treating this like a business? Because I can go to my office and I can start my job, but that doesn't mean I'm getting anything done, right? I, I can tell you I've watched agents come and go. I've watched major hitters the first year knock out of the park and then out of the job in three years. Um, so if you're a new agent, and when I say run a business like a business, you have to figure out, first of all, we don't know what we don't know. So you need to, when, when you're working with your local associations, you sign up, you became a new real estate agent. Now you got to sign up for training and you're like, wait a minute, I just took this really hard class to pass a really hard exam for some. And now you got to teach me what to do. Yeah, we have, you have to learn. So you need to take your multiple listing service classes. You need to take in real estate. You have to take the code of ethics class right away and you need to start sign up for business training. So even with the agents in my office and I often will post it in Instagram, I have a your first six weeks in business. So when we say run a business like a business, you have to take a second and we might tell you, here's the get out of Microsoft Excel sheet, get a sheet of paper and you need to write down everyone, you know, whether they like you or not. And you need to start figuring out how to contact these people, whether it's on. Well, I would say post on social media with the announcement, post on your stories, send out a maybe a handwritten note card create a newsletter, and then get on the phone, old school, traditional, and let people know that you're in the business of real estate. So you got to start somewhere. And and I always say, a lot of times, if the classes are free, they're not free because you paid for them. You just, they're just included in your fees. So we work in the same state, right, Justin? And our MLS has free classes. But we pay our fees for these classes, whether it's monthly, every quarter or every six months or annually, 
but agents don't show up to class. And yesterday I had the privilege of teaching a little over 100 new real estate agents. And I'm like, you're getting more than you're supposed to because we know you're not going to show up to class. Or many of you, half of you have regular jobs. You thought this was going to be easy. And so you're not taking the classes. So we beg you, take the classes because, number one, you will service your clients better and you'll work faster. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, one of your comments in here, I think it's always, is be a learner, right? Always be learning. You have and, to always be learning. I mean, think about it this way. <clears throat> if, if you don't understand how the power of learning is, I started real estate in 2006. <laughs> so if anybody knows the market out there, everybody knows what's going on, 2006 was a luxury market. And I don't mean price point. I mean, it was easy. It was easy money, right? You planted a sign, you sold the home. By the way, not much has been the last 18 months. You pretty much all you had to do is plant a sign and that home was sold. But you, didn't you're start, sign. you just needed to start the process. Right, you just got to start the process. You had to think about it. It was sold right when you thought about it. Right. Um, but we have now had a pandemic, and it slowed things up in March quite a bit. And now we're getting better, right? We, we've seen a huge explosion of sales in the last three, four months. But Carrie noticed a few times, you know, she talked about the local counties out here and you're talking double digits, you know, 30 percent or more reduction in inventory. So we're going to see a slowdown in a major way and we're and it's not going to pick up anytime soon. Now, it'll see a little bit better. Spring markets will pick up everything better. But my point for all that is this. What have you done to prepare yourself? How are you finding new business? How are you finding new sellers? How are you finding the buyers? How are you know, how are you doing this stuff? And the bottom line is you may have some ideas and great if you have them, go after them. But training is going to be important. And it's always that way, right? When I first started 2006, as I said earlier, short sales were the biggest thing. I had to go learn short sales. Didn't want to learn them. Had to go learn them. <laughs> um, so be learning. Be available for that market. Be available for your industry out there and be learning because there's always something to learn. There's always something to do. Doesn't have to cost you money to do it either, by the way, because there's a lot of things, your associations, your state, your national gives you all the time for stuff that's out there. You made a good point. Like, where are you going to find the business? Like, if you don't know where to find the business, when we say you need to always be learning in the real estate industry, you need to not. not we actually we we think that you should have been preparing for 2021 back in August and September. But let's just say you're like, ooh. You mean I shouldn't be doing my goals in January? No, but let's say you are, and it's December, before the holidays, or sort of before the holidays. You now have decided that you're going to start working on the business. If we know, and Justin's right, because I, I pulled up the stat when he started talking about it. If we know that the market is down, and in Kendall County, it's down 55% when it comes to single-family detached in inventory compared to last November. Now, if we look at the entire marketplace, it's a little bit different, but inventory is down because of the pandemic. Either people are afraid to sell because they don't think they'll find something, or maybe they were furloughed in their job and they don't think, um, and they don't know when they're going to go back to work, so they can't sell because they can't buy, or maybe they're just like, I don't want anyone in my house. What they don't know is the real estate market needs their inventory. Now, I'm not saying you should, you know, incur panic. But what I am saying is that you should be the agent that's sharing the statistics so the consumer knows this is where we are. Inventory is really low. And I was talking to 
someone um, this was it this morning or yesterday? It was yesterday, and we were talking about how if you can sell and you can afford to rent, sell your house. I was like, I didn't even think of that. Like he was thinking, you know, a lot of times we were like, I won't have anywhere to go. But if you do have somewhere to go, we're at the top of the market and interest rates are really low. And the person that couldn't buy your house last year or the year before, they can buy it now. And when you're talking about where do I find this information? If you're in our marketplace, we have Remind, we have business builder classes. Yeah, we we can show you how to find the leads. And you should really be working your sphere, but that's a different conversation. Well, and again, if you're not in our marketplace, I'm hoping with all hopes that your area is doing the same thing because there's plenty of amazing people out there all over the place. You know, I interviewed Jay Manor, I've interviewed Craig Grant, Marky Lemons is all over the place, right? We have people out there that are out there. So if you don't have that, find them, right? If they're not in your office and they're not doing that, go find those folks, right? Go find those folks that can do that for you. Um, one of the things that I'll push right now, and this is where kind of where my business will be in the next couple of years, is I would say if you don't have that out there, then go find a mentor that can help you with that stuff as well, right? We all need those mentors. We all need those things. I know Carrie's doing a few things for her business in the next coming months. I know I'm looking to do similar things for myself. And I'm not talking doing mentorship. It's about finding mentors for ourselves, right? Finding those people that are mm-hmm. going to help us grow our business. So I know you talked about learning. I just want to add that on top because I think that's a huge thing for people to have is have that resource, whether it's your managing broker, whether it's your association, whether it's something outside of that. Have something out there that's actually going to come out there and tell Mark hi. And, oh, uh, Justin said hi. You're not supposed to walk in. I told you when we were recording. <laughs> he doesn't listen. It's You're all good. On, on social media. Right. Um it is, it is, that'll be our blooper reel for down the road. Um, right. It's, mentors are necessary for us in our business these days. And I think we overlook that so much and have that. That's just another program for learning. Now it can be a live mentor coaching one on one, or it can be authors or people you follow on social media. Follow Carrie, follow Marquis, follow Craig Grant, right? Follow these folks, follow Katie Lance. I mean, she's pushing things right now for social media real hard and she's got some real good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, find those mentors that are there for you. So I think we beat the education, although I know me and you are huge performance education. We could talk days. I, on and and we don't mean like you should go do this and we don't do this. Right. I spent Black Friday. People were buying TVs. I was paying for courses. So we do the same thing. We are constantly learning, number one, so we can provide great content, but we are, we also had to pivot. March 15th, Justin and I saw the email come from even MRED. All of our training was canceled. Right. We went from money to no money, so we know what that's like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's something that you gotta do. And again, yeah, we're not trying to speak out of term, cause I know we do the same thing. My Black Friday was not spent on toys and gadgets, it was spent on education. Um, and I'm still watching for things that are coming out for holiday sales because there's a couple programs I think are going to come out cheaper and I'm looking for them and, and taking advantage of it, right? I actually just put out today on my Facebook page, give me books to read because my Audible account is going to renew and I need to burn all the credits before I lose them. <laughs> so, oh, how many do we need to burn? Oh, my gosh, am I going to lose credits? Well, I don't know when you're – when mine is in February. My renewal period comes up here soon. So you, you pay for it annually? They do it annually. So if you have the annual plan, 
Well, it doesn't matter, but you're paying your, so I pay, I pay it doesn't matter. Either way, you can only keep six credits, right? So if you have more than six, which I did because I haven't, I haven't been driving. I haven't been driving around. <laughs> I, so I haven't been listening to a lot of books. So my credits have been just sitting there. So I was reaching out and people gave me awesome books to read. So now I've got a plethora of those to go through the next six months um, before my account uh, recycles itself. Now, if you're doing the other one, again, even if you're doing the once a month thing, you're paying it, you still can only keep so many. They don't let you keep them forever. Uh, so that's the second thing. Now, again, we're not doing this in order, but let's talk about this then. Since we are talking about the inventory will be a little bit low. Let's jump to your fifth one where it talks about identifying your client, because I think this is really what it's hard. And the way I've always described this and when I've gone to conferences and I watch people, I always describe people saying they have three major buckets in their business. One is uh, their sphere. I mean, everybody has their SOI, the people they want to work with. Two, they have a, a area they want to farm, right? Lead generation of some sort. And then there's a bucket that everyone else needs to identify what that is, right? You are calling it your best client. What does that right. look so, like? To so I'm, I'll tell you my best client. And and many of you know, I my husband now sells the real estate and I get to teach him how to sell real estate. But I figured out pretty quickly um, outside of my sphere of influence that my best client was a first time buyer. And it was because of my experience that and a first generational buyer. And someone moving here outside of the country because I am really good at going through the home buying process to the point where if I have an agent that's new and they want to buy a house. I'm like, even though you're going to get paid, I'm going to be your agent because you are you want to buy a house and you want to be the realtor on your first deal. You are emotional. You let me let me we're going to we're going to do this together. So I know that's my best client. Now, do you want to know my third bucket? What's your third bucket? My third bucket is um, back in 97, I worked for the builder in the subdivision that I bought in. And I, my third bucket is it was my subdivision that I lived in. Now it's two subdivisions. So every single month, those subdivisions get a newsletter from Mark and I so we can target those clients. So that's my third bucket. And I think that's a great bucket. That's what I always had, right? It was my SOI. It was a neighborhood I worked and then for me, it was because I started real estate basically in the down market. It was short sales, right? That was my third bucket. Uh, it's not my bucket anymore. I, I refer that stuff out willingly. Um, that was my only bucket back in. So when 2007 happened and the market really started to shift, we were forced to learn how to do short sales on our own before the class. We could have wrote the class. Right. Um, so I really became an expert on short sales. And pre foreclosures. That was a that was a bucket that maybe, like Justin said, none of us wanted, but we knew we had to go after that bucket because that was how we were going to make a living. And those people became boomerang buyers once yeah. they had gotten past the three years of being in that short sale after it closed. Yeah, so. the last two three years, that's where most of my business has come from. Really, is from then going again. They liked the process I dealt with them for, and they went again. Um, so yeah, absolutely. So yeah, always identify that best client, right? You're going to know what that is. First time home buyers, investors, luxury market. Um, it could be your neighborhood, really, to be honest. You may have just such that little cozy neighborhood. That's what you're trying to build around and that's fine. But I identify that, you know, you're going to people call it so many things, your customer avatar, your, um, your one client, whatever it is. 
but figure that out. So the next thing is once you have identified that client, what does the lead generation look like from that regards? Now, mind you, it doesn't have to be this. I know me and you are techie, so obviously we're probably going to have a slant towards the online lead generation. We have that, I think, both of us fairly well mastered. But it doesn't have to always be that. So for you, what does that look like? Like when you teach your office on lead generation, what does that look like today? Okay. And let's just go with, let's say, if you, let's say you work in your sphere of influence. I like to mail my, to my sphere of influence every month. They get a carry newsletter and then they also get the statistics from their city. Now I'm not saying I'm ever lazy, but if I am, they're getting the county. Because then I can print 20 of these, 20 of these, and 20 of these. So they get a, a broader uh, picture. But um, every every month, um, that's what they're going to get. So that's the sphere of influence. In addition to the sphere, I'm going to give you some tips. Your heads might hurt. I also send an email marketing piece to that sphere because I do have I have a client in New York that owns a house here in Illinois. My mother thinks I'm an expert on her condo in Georgetown. So for me, I still need to reach the, the people that are in other states. So don't just think your local marketplace, put everyone in your database that you can email to. Now, in addition to that, here's where your friends might find it crazy. You can take that same email list and build a social media campaign on Facebook and Instagram where they are marketed to, and it might be every quarter, it could be every single month, but because you have their email, um, you can target them on social media. How cool is that? So just my sphere of influence, I can reach them by mailing. I can reach them by and with with maybe a newsletter. And if you're like, Carrie, oh, my gosh, I'm overwhelmed. How am I going to do this newsletter? There are tools you can use where they're pre-created. Um, like many of our title companies might give us Breakthrough Broker. Um, or you can create your own on Canva. And if you're really like, Carrie, that's still a lot. Create a simple flyer or create a letter that says, Dear Tom, in this month, don't forget, here's the market update, and then you can add the market update from your MLS. Or for us, it's InfoSparks. If you're watching from another state, I believe it is MarketView from Showing Time. Then, again, I have the newsletter. So the newsletter gets mailed. They have the email and then the social media. Now, if I were mailing to my neighborhoods, what I like to do um, to generate leads is I will mail to my in my marketplace I always do a newsletter and then there's always a call to action to get them back to social media, back to my YouTube channel or playlist, and then a place where they can uh, go to to get information about the market. So that's where I use a landing page or Cloud CMA's landing page or I build my own landing page with Google Forms. So you have a way to reach these people and to get their information so you can create another email list so you can keep in touch with them. So what do you think, Justin? Sounds like everything I do. Sounds like everything I do there. Um, yeah, you know, one of the things, and I and I, I think you nailed it because, and I don't want to gloss over this too much because I don't want to get too nerdy because we can get deeper in the nerd than we really want to. But I think one of the best things you can do, and I always relate this to yard signs, right? Mm-hmm. Why do we have yard signs out there? We don't have yard signs not because they sell the home. The stats say less than 3% of all homes are sold from the drive-by, right? They're not seeing it from the yard side, and they're not doing that. But what they are doing is that's exposure. What you're trying to do is make sure everyone thinks you're everywhere. And with our SOI, specifically what Carrie's talking about, we want to make sure we are in front of eyeballs at all times. So you have your SOI. 
Now you have an email list. You have this amazing email list that sits out there and you can email. And hopefully if you have it done right, as Carrie said, you have the mailing address so you can mail to them. But I like the email address because even if I mail to them, I can then put them on a Facebook ad group. And for 10 bucks for the same time I'm emailing out, I can then just focus on them. I don't care if they click. I don't care if they do anything for 10 bucks. I can hit that group and now they're seeing me on Facebook for a week. And what have I just done? I have put them out there saying ding, 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 ding. I'm still in real estate. And great. Do what Carrie says. Build those landing pages from cloud CMA, build your own Google form. Do, you know, there's all sorts of tools out there. I'm halfway expecting, to be honest with you, I'm halfway expecting mortgage companies and title companies to start building some of that stuff into their programs because it would be a great way to partner with realtors and build that with inside that stuff. And well, We've even had, had a loan officer say that they would do it with us. So mm-hmm. you're right. and Because they can build a Facebook ad and generate leads. It's like a Microsoft Excel spreadsheet. Right. So take advantage of that, right? For very little money, it's going to cost you less money to advertise on Facebook than it's going to do the, to do the mailers as Carrie talking about. But I think you do both because now you're hitting them from all angles. And what people are going to think is, holy cow, you're everywhere. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, this is the professional. Right. And what's interesting about that is I had an agent tell me, hey, Carrie, uh, my neighbor was going to list with me. A few years go by. And the neighbor, the wife says, my husband said we're going to list with the other agent that had been mailing to us. Yeah. So they had deemed this, the neighbor, the person they knew wasn't the professional. Right. Because this agent wasn't consistent with marketing and providing information. So don't assume that your friends are going to work with you. They need to know that you know what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. My, my worst, my worst aha moment, it was the most painful aha moment I had was to all my friends and family, I was sending a mailer out for about six months when I first started real estate. And I got no traction out of it. I got none, not one bite. So I stopped doing it because I'm like, I'm not wasting my money on this. This is ridiculous. I talked to my buddy about two, three months after. He goes, how are you doing? What are you doing these days? I go, I'm still in real estate. Oh, I just haven't seen your letters. I figured you were done. <laughs> I went, oh, what? So, yeah, if you're not there, you're you're not in business, right? If you're not visible, you're just not in business. And the problem today is being visible is not easy, right? You've got emails coming out to left and right. Mailers are actually probably one of the best converting things going out there right now because there is so little texting, phone, we're getting over communicated with. But I think mailers are one of the best converting things out there right now. Think about your mailbox these days versus even two years ago. It's a third of what was in there before. Yeah. I mean, in, in my subdivision, I think there's one realtor that mails to my subdivision once a year. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. She has no, well, I, and she has <laughs> not listed anything here. Right. But we're a big subdivision and people like this price point. Yeah. It's not like huge, but it's one of the bigger price points in the city. So I'm, now here's what I will tell you with that. Coming from a cheap perspective, and I am cheap, beyond cheap. You don't want to mail. If your municipality allows you, take the time and walk. Take that time and door knock and put those flyers out manually. That's what I did when I first started. Because like I said, I stopped doing the mailers. It wasn't showing me any business, and I stopped, and it hurt me. Because as soon as my friends started saying, what the heck, I was, it was my ego was killed. <laughs> You're right, because let me tell you. So I'm going to say I didn't have the pocketbook to mail when I started. Yeah. 
So I literally went um, and bought doorknob bags. Yep. I created my own newsletter in Microsoft Publisher. Now, you got to remember, this is pre-social media. Right. This was social media. <laughs> this was it. So I created my own newsletter. I stuffed the um, doorknob bag. I put the kids in the wagon. And, and I put the doorknob bags on a hanger so they wouldn't slide all, all over the wagon. And we put the doorknob bags out every single month. Unless it got cold, but every single month. And then when I could still convince the kids to do it for me, great. But once they stopped, I had to do it. But I'll tell you, it took seven months for someone to pick me. Seven months. And it worked. I went cheaper than that. (laughs) So I still use Publisher, but I went to uh, Michael's, I think it was. Hobby Lobby or Michael's, I don't know which one it was. And I bought one of those inch circular cutouts. So what I did is on publishers, I printed with um, landscape wise three versions of my little newsletter, right? Stats, what's going on, things like that, front and back. I cut it out in threes. I hole punched and cut them out. So I had my own little door hangers I built myself. I wasn't spending the plastic bag. That, I don't. I wouldn't call that cheap. I would call that uh, strategic. <laughs> but here's the thing. I did it, and that's where my first four or five businesses came from, outside of family. Um, yeah, and I, and I was more nervous when someone actually called me. Right. I had no problem going to talk to everybody, and then someone called me for real, and I was like, oh. Yeah, but they, they worked with me, loved me, worked out great. No, all I will put on the caveat, because I know me and Carrie are both fans of it, but I would just put a huge caveat, know your municipality rules, because there are solicitation rules that exist out there. Sometimes it requires a permit. Sometimes it requires other uh, approval methods to get through, but always make sure you know what your municipality rules on that, because that's huge. But I would say do it if you can do it, right? I mean, if you live in the city and you live in a condo complex, it's darn near impossible unless you've built a relationship with the management team. But... Uh, do what you can because it, it's going to work. I pr- I promise that because it's worked for me. And it, if I wanted to get exercise, I'd do it again today because it works. If you wanted to get exercise. If I wanted to get it. Well, I got exercise other ways right now. But that's not one of them. <laughs> right. But, I'm, you know, the hardest thing for real estate agents is starting. So um, I've been teaching a class with um, Marky. Yep. And I had an agent send me a DM. And this agent, um, actually, no, put in our group that we had that, that he was like, Marky, Marky and Carrie told me to mail. So I literally have a screenshot of a photo of all of his mailers. He hand wrote all the envelopes and I'm posting it and then I'm getting DMs from my agents. Carrie, I'm on it. They're going out tomorrow. Like sometimes it takes you to see that someone else is doing this for you to do it. Everything works. You have to work. There is no inbox in real estate. You have to create the leads. You have to make the phone ring. You, I mean, unless you're going to cold call, and it still works. I'm not cold calling, but cold calling does still work. Um, you you got to start. And I'll tell you, I have um, handwritten note cards. Let me think. I got one. I've got three in the kitchen. I don't know where I put my stamps. Mark and I keep debating. But I got my handwritten note cards. I look at the expireds every day. I need him to do it, but he's not going to do it. So we got we got the oldest son who's going to start doing it. But the point is, is everything works and you have to start. And everyone loves a handwritten note card. And Justin's right. Our mailboxes don't have all of this marketing because people don't think direct mail works. Direct mail works just integrated with social media. Yeah. 
And I think that's a, that's a perfect combo because again, for minimal amount of dollars, especially if you get the email address and tools like Remind, um, Smart Zip have that stuff. You can get access to it all the time that you have that out there and it's powerful. The only thing, here's what I will say going to what Carrie just said. And now this is one of the mantras I always say. I don't care how you lead generate, just consistently do it. Right? We're getting very close to tax season, right? We got three months before you're going to see tax season go into prime time. And what you're going to start seeing is out there on busy roads is somebody standing out there with the Statue of Liberty outfit out there saying, come in, check out for our tax assessment, whatever they want to call it. it. They wouldn't do it if it doesn't bring business in, right? So if you wanted to stand out in the front of a busy road saying free CMA, <laughs> spinning signs all over the place, you're going to get business. I am not saying it's the most efficient way to do this. What I'm saying is it works, right? Consistently, you can't sit there and say, I'm going to do, you can't do like I did for six months saying my newsletters don't work. I stop. It ain't going to work, right? You can't do social media for six months and say it doesn't work. I can't do this podcasting for six months and say it didn't do anything. I can't do that. Um, whatever you do, you got to do it consistently and you got to keep bringing value every time. So with that, let's ask this question. How do you leverage your sphere, right? Since we're trying to bring value and we're trying to do that, what does that look like from our sphere perspective? We're still lead generating. We're still doing that. And, you know, stats say our best business is going to come from what we call our, our commonly call our SOI, our sphere, our people that we know, the people that know us, that like us and trust us. Right. So, and as of today, a lot of my friends have decided to get their real estate agents. So my sphere keeps changing. Yeah, right. So let me go with it's the people that bought for me already. So let, let me say it like this. It's January and Justin mentioned tax season. One thing that I would say to leverage my past clients is to send a mailer of their closing document because they need it for their taxes. And if you don't want to mail it, open up dot loop or DocuSign Rooms or Hello Sign or whatever you've been using, whatever filing cabinet, Dropbox, and email the document because they need it for closing. And then remind them that you're in the business of real estate. You will be a hero because that folder or whatever, wherever they put the closing document is not where they thought they put it. It could have been, they, it could still be in the trunk of their car for people that use their car as a, as a uh, filing cabinet. So send that out. I still like traditional mail it. Um, but if you email it, then they can email it over to their accountant or the tax preparer. So it, you got to do something to stay um, in. Re- you need your clients to remember you. And that's a really good thing you can do. Now, the other thing you could do with your sphere is you could remind them that it's tax season. And what a great opportunity to take that refund and put it into a down payment. And you should also use your fear to, rem- to tell them, hey, I know you go to work every day. Remind the people you know it's your job that I'm in the business. And maybe, because this is what I've had agents do, is when outside opens up, when we go back to work, because some people, everybody could be working from home. And some companies might not go back to work. They might still work from home like Twitter. But do a mailer to someone when they close at their office. Mm-hmm. Because now they open up this awesome box that you sent them, whatever it is, and people are like, oh, what's that? Oh, this was for my real estate agent. Oh, she gave me something for you. Yeah, you know, here's the thing, and there's two stats I want to understand with this. Um, one, I, I'm hoping I'm going to lean on Carrie for because I didn't check it out with the, Nash, the, the latest NAR report. I might have to Google it. <laughs> but 
Um, the one stat I do know is, right, although we don't know it, everybody knows at least 200 people, right? That is a stat that is just not deniable. Everyone knows 200 people. We may not think we do, but we do. The other thing that goes with that stat is, from a referral perspective, is just understand this. I think right now home ownership is double-digit years. I think it's like 10 years, right, 10, 11 years. It could have gone down this last one. The year and before it's everybody we, is different, but if we went with the average, that's right. about right. Yeah, national average is going to be – if it's not double digits, it's darn close to double-digit, right? It's going to be between 9 and 11 years. It's going to be right around there somewhere right now. It could have dropped this last time because it was such a busy year that we might have dropped that a bit. So my point for that is if you keep communicating with your sellers, right, your clients, well, they may not be buying in two, three years, but they know 200 people. And statistically speaking, you probably got 2% of that group in there that's going to sell that they know. Well, would you yeah. like four deals from one person? I know I would. And and that, there's always that one person that will refer you like crazy. I did Google how many people do we know, and Google said about 600. Right. Every American knows about 600. And and I went to the NAR quick reports and I'd have I'd have to really start working at this one because something just came out in November. So there's some new data we need yeah, to look at. I haven't read the latest NAR report, the buyer seller report. I gotta get on it. I just haven't done that one yet. Um bad on me for not doing it, especially when I'm with Carrie, one of our you know, with her. Oh, you know, we have two national instructors right here and I didn't even know it. So <laughs> I don't you know, I gotta go look. It's in my to do. <laughs> Um, yeah, same here. I just, I, yeah, I haven't had time. That's what we'll say. That's probably not true. I just haven't prioritized that yet. Um, so yeah, I would say eventually just understand that your sphere is always going to be your best business, not your only business. That's why I always call it three buckets. When I have studied people, when I was going and starting real estate, I always call it the three bucket system, your sphere, your best client, and then that other thing that intrigues you or what the market is demanding of, right? It's one of those things. It could be simply going to play basketball twice a week or three times a week because my husband went outside here in Illinois. We were shut down. Every state isn't the same, but he would go play basketball three days a week at the um, community, at the church. And he met an attorney there. He's closed two deals there. Me too. Basketball has been good for me. So, I mean, what what do you love doing? Yeah. That's a lot of where your business will come from. Well, and, and that goes, I mean, that's a natural lead to the next thing in here because one of the things you talked about is networking events. And it's a, for me, it's a huge thing, right? Two For two reasons. One, I am notoriously bad at going to the traditional networking events. But to me, basketball is a networking event. You know, we're we're 40 plus year old people <laughs> playing basketball. We're, <laughs> we're not beating on each other. We're we're, we're we're getting some exercise and we're chatting while we're catching our breath. This is what we're doing. Um, but it's a networking event, and that's where my best business come from. With that being said, there's networking events all over the place. There was one this morning. I didn't get into it. I, I really be honest, I forget all about it, but I go to it typically pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great business opportunity. So networking is a great thing, but let's talk about it not from how valuable networking can be, because I think that should be painfully obvious. Let's talk about it from a strategic, uh, from a strategy perspective of how to get relationships built inside there, right? Because I think where we, where most of us fail is when I go into this, you, I, I got three P, I got two categories of people, three categories of people that I, I kind of deem in a networking group. I got the, I got the blackjack dealer. Here's your card. Here's your card. Here's your card. Here's your card. 
I've got the I've got the wall fly, right? They're the one sitting behind the group, kind of sitting there watching. I'll be honest, every time I go to a, a new network group, that's who I am. I'm the wall fly. I just observe. And then you got the true networker, right? Those we, we say you're holding up the wall. Oh, I am holding up the wall. Trust me. I am. Um, then we got the ones I think that are true networkers, right? They're always coming in there with a let's provide value first mentality. So let me ask you, how do you, if you're going to a networking event, what's your strategy? What's your modus operandi to get things in there started for you? So my, I never had a strategy and I never went to networking events. So, and I'm talking to that new agent that's a mom with kids. Right. Cause it, so I, I never went, but I lived at the swimming pool. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, the swimming pool was a networking event. Yes, it was. You sat in the zero depth with the baby and you talked to all the other moms with the baby. So to me, that was my way of networking. And it wasn't, and I started selling real estate in 2001, even though I worked for the builder in 97. And then I, I really didn't get out there and get involved until 2013. And I started networking intentionally when I got involved in women's council. And then when I got more involved in the board and when I got on committee. So my, I, I, listen, I'm the homebody. I can come home. I am good. Don't have to go. And when I would go, I was like, this is a lot of work. I don't want to do this. But when I got around people that I knew, um, it, it was so much easier. So going to, so getting involved on committees, going to public policy meetings, it became, um, higher level networking, I would say. And then when I would get in women's council and I realized, oh, I can go to the national events. I would network. So you would go and meet people. You'd be at the expo. You would be in a committee meeting, people you didn't know. And by the end, you you do you might have 20 different business cards. But for me, it was not only did I get the business card, but I was finding them on social media so we could connect. So network from for me in the beginning was the swimming pool, well, or the park district, or it was the gymnastics um, building. Or it was baseball games, or it was the kids' basketball games. For me, it was a lot different, just because I just didn't have the bandwidth because I didn't have babysitters. So my networking was with the neighbors. And, and I, I think that's so perfectly well said, right? We showed basketball is a great networking opportunity. Your your kids' events, I think, are another great opportunity because you know, again, you're watching your kids do something. Um, and all due candor, unless they are at a competitive level. <laughs> there's not a lot of action going on in those events. <laughs> so there's a lot of downtime. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm one of the things that was wrote in the comments, organic meeting. I think that's perfectly well said, right? These are it's just things that happen. You have a lot of chat time. so And you have something. You guys have a built-in common interest, your kids' entertainment, right? It's already built in. So it's not it's not fake. It's authentic. It's natural. And you get to come in there and sit there and just talking. And now what's one of one of the questions? So what do you do for a living? Right? It's the easiest question we can lead as real estate professionals with to those people because you're gonna say, Oh yeah, what do you do? Oh, I, I work for Arthur Anderson Consulting. Oh, that's awesome. How does that work? What do you do there? Right? You ask those questions out of curiosity. What are they going to do? Eventually ask Exactly. They're going to ask you the same question back. Maybe they care. Maybe they don't care, but they do feel honored bound to ask the same question back. (laughs) So now you get to tell them, right? And now you keep the relationship up. You start doing other things. My, my other fun thing is you just be an, you be an, you be an open listener, right? Because my favorite question that you get from people at those organic meetings is, 
So I'm curious, right? My friend down the road is selling her home. What's the deal? They've been on the market for six months. Here's what I want everybody to understand with this. When you have these organic meetings and people are saying my neighbor, it's just like you go to the doctor and you say my friend. (laughs) It's no different. (laughs) They're not asking about their neighbor. They care, but they don't. They want to know about them. They want to know what their chances of selling are. Right. So don't. You know, don't be bashful. Answer the question. Answer it that about their friend. Oh, their friend is doing this. It's probably a little overpriced. The market's slowing down, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Whatever the answer is. But you have now built that stuff. And by the way, if you're in our market or you're in a market that has cloud CMA, you've got a tool built in. By the way, I can email your report about that property if you want to see what's going on in that area. And now you've got an yeah. email address and now you've got a lead. Yeah, and I mean, and there's tools you can use to just help them quickly, like creating a quick CMA and HomeSnap. Yep. yep. Like there's ways to follow up immediately. You don't have to work hard at this. No, let me do that real quick for you. I can I can work that off just like that, right? It's easy, no problem. No, it's no problem, no problem at all. Let me just all I need is your email address. That's all I need. Now I got to leave. <laughs> and now, as we said at the very, very beginning, I can mail to them because they know that I know their address. I got your email address. I can put them in Facebook and how they can see me everywhere and they can see I'm not I'm not going out of the park. And if you're in our market, Cloud CMA has a few ways you could do it. You could either use the link or we have email addresses that will automatically send the link. Right. Yeah, it's it's really, really easy to do. So two more things to talk about in here is what success in real estate looks like and how you do that. And then but social media. And I think we've talked about social media degree, but I want to make sure we covered everything that you wanted to talk about on social media. Again, we are definitely, me and Carrie, are tech-related. It doesn't mean all things have to be tech-related in our business. But I'll be honest with you. I think if you don't have a Internet presence, you're probably missing 50% of the business at this particular point. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I have people that'll reach out to me. I had, I was talking to an agent yesterday and she was like, here, I started stalking you right away, but wasn't necessarily communicating right away. That's right. the same thing with buyers. And even though I, I, I train my agents, I typically don't sell my network still will reach out to me. So even so, I mean, social media isn't going away. Can you pay someone to do it? You could. Do I want you to do it yourself in the beginning? I do. I, I want you to, you know, think I want you to be very intentional on your post. But as a newer person on social media, just post. We need you to just start figuring it out, play with it. That's what we did when they let us have access to it after the college students. you got to just get out there and use it. And then we can talk about strategy another day. But social media isn't going away. You need a platform. And think about it. If you're over the age of 30, let's say 35, Facebook. Now, we still know Facebook is the number one platform out there, but the next generation is motivated by sight and sound um, video. So story features like on Messenger and Instagram, maybe Snapchat, now LinkedIn. You have to be someone that is willing to create the story because that's where that younger generation is. And based on data, the Internet, you know, World Wide Web is 30 years old March and this coming March 31. You we we need this because in 10 years. This is where the next generation is going to be. Not that they won't like our mail, uh, but they're, they want it now. We have to be able to give them what they want now because if you can't give it to them, if I can't find you on YouTube or if I can't figure out how to buy a house on my own, I'm going to go to the person that showed me how on YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. So it's not going away. You got to figure out at least pick one. That's what I would say. That's what I would say. 
Yeah, I um, I, I that's why right. they raised their hand. I saw that. Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. I was like, I had to put that out there. I'm like, okay, I don't know if it was a question asked or if they're saying yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if you got a question, ask it. Um, here's what I will say with this. One of the things that you'll hear um, with a lot of professional trainers, especially in the tech world, and talking about social media, right? You're going to hear me say you got to use Facebook. You got to be in Facebook. You're going to hear other people say you got to be in Twitter. You got to be in Twitter. You're going to hear you got to be on YouTube. You got to be on YouTube. You got to be on Instagram. You got to be on Instagram. You got to be on Snapchat. You got to be on Snapchat. Or you're going to hear all these professionals saying you got to, 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 you got to. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. Pick one, master it, move on to the next. Do not, do not, do not try to master all things at one time. Because if you master all things at one time, you're going to spread yourself way far too thin and you're not going to have anything done, right? Because you're going to get no, because you're, you're too branched out and you're getting no results because no one knows where to find you and where to find your voice. And that's huge, right? For instance, Carrie's a huge Instagram, Snapchat. She's, you know, she's in there. She's on that all the time. Facebook Live, she does with her husband quite a bit. That's hysteric. We haven't found her. Go find Carrie and her husband on Facebook Live. It's awesome. <laughs> um, that is a slight plug, plug. She didn't know I was going to do that, but I love right. those things. And I love to see if I can poke the bear a little bit, antagonize him a little bit. It's always fun to do. But, um, pick your one audience, right? Now, if you're going to say what audience to pick, we, we're all going to have our difference of opinions. Here's what I'm going to say. It goes back to the earlier question. Identify who your audience is. Once you know who your audience is, you're going to know what platform to be on because each one of those audiences are on a different platform, right? So I can't tell you which one to be on, but I can sit there and tell you that if you're going to deal with the Generation Xers and the Baby Boomers, it's probably going to be Facebook. Um, if it's going to be the millennials or the generation Zers, it's probably not going to be Facebook. <laughs> um, it's the truth. If you go to Pew Research, you're absolutely right. Because based on data, that next generation, first of all, we might still have cable in our house. Right. They are looking, they are streaming everything. And right oh. now, this is why I'm hardwired. This is why Jonathan is hardwired because he is on Twitch. Yeah. Streaming. And you probably don't even know. They, the people watching may not even know what I just said. Like, and, and they're making, this is where they are. This is where they live. So if you really want to reach that next generation, you got to create how to videos. Yeah. But you need to know your network. Well, and I'm glad you said that because we're, we're already at 48 minutes. Holy cow. Um, so we're going to talk about that at a different time, but I do think video is a conversation we have. And one of the things that I want to do, because I had a little bit with J-Man, but what I want to do at some point in time is have you, Marquis, and J-Man and myself all just do this together and talk about video because I agree with you. There's two things that I think are necessary in video, and this is going to be the short plug. I'll let you say a little bit about that, and then we'll move on to the last topic, and then I'll let you plug away. But um I think YouTube is the ultimate channel to be on. I think video is where it's at. I think YouTube is where it's at. Now, people can disagree. I know if I talk to Mark Key and probably if I talk to you, it's Instagram, and I don't disagree with that. But the reason I like YouTube is YouTube is built on search. It's built on Google, so it's built on discoverability. I think it's the best discoverability tool out there. It's not the only tool. It's not the only solution. But if you are going to be on YouTube, you absolutely 1,000% nailed it. If you're going to be on YouTube, it's got to be how-to's. DIYs, right? 
how to get exposure, how to build a, you know, build a gaming platform, how to, you know, fix your car overnight, right? Whatever it may be, that's what it is. It's a how-to session. Like some of this stuff is on here, what I'm doing here, some of this is on here, but it's not that. Um, what's your opinion about video? I know, I mean, I know what it is. But I was going to say, um, I'm intentional on Instagram, but I bought a course on YouTube. Yeah. Because YouTube is owned by the number one search engine in the world. And I, I mean, I have video. I have people watch my video. I'm a, I'm a managing broker in Illinois, meaning I have agents. So it, it's a lot. I mean, there's not enough time in the day. But I have, that is my 2021 goal, and it's a part of my plan, is to fix you my YouTube channel. Yeah, I got to get mine better. Um, that's why, and by the way, if you guys, by the way, if you did not get to watch all the videos on NAR, like if you signed up for NAR conference and you did not watch all the videos, watch one video, Antoine DuPont's YouTube video, because that was hugely powerful that was huge sorry i got a little timers talking to me behind the scenes here um uh watch those videos because that was extremely uh in- informational i'm actually hoping to get him on there i'm trying to talk to him now see if he'll come on and hopefully he'll come on and oh, talk that'll be a good one. so last question here success in real estate what does that look like i mean i know it's going to look different for everybody but if we're trying to set a barometer for agents what they should they uh, you know aspire to what should they do how are how are we looking at success in real estate today uh, let me say success is going to be different for all of us it won't happen overnight although the agent that i talked to yesterday her first she started in january and she told her broker owner that she was going to do 20 deals and he was like that's not realistic and she's closing her 20th deal this month. That's so awesome. it's how how much do you want to work? Now, I do teach a class where um, I show agents how to um, figure out how to make a six-figure income and how many properties they need to sell in the city they want to work in. But success comes when you get up, get dressed, and go to work. Um, where we are today didn't happen yesterday i've had people reach out to me and they're like carrie i want to be a speaker i'm like you can do it but let me just give you a story the first time i taught my first webinar i almost fainted and nobody could see me i mean i was nervous the first time i started teaching for midwest real estate data there was three people in the room and i was nervous the first time i taught my continuing ed class i thought i was gonna die because i was like oh i didn't study enough because i was teaching someone else's stuff Nothing happens overnight. Now, could we go out and win the lottery? You can argue with me. Fine. Fine. And you'd be rich overnight. But if you didn't figure out how to manage your money, you're going to lose the money as fast as you got the money. So you got to, you, everything we do comes with work. So there will be agents that are experienced and quite successful right away. Um, but this was a, a, usually it's accomplished over years. Um, and, and here's what I like to tell agents. Whether you're new, seasoned, or trying to reinvent yourself because you didn't pivot during the pandemic, my journey is not your journey. You need to sit down and figure out what you want. When I started selling real estate in 2001, it wasn't to make a killing. It was to make a living. I had little kids at home, and it was, and my goal was to have to supplement income because I didn't want to have to go back to a full-time job because it was easier for me to sell real estate to the people that I knew 
and to my neighborhood and get a paycheck than it was for me to go to work and have to pay for daycare. So your journey is your journey. Yeah, I, I, that's perfectly well said, right? Success is what success is for you, right? You know, our average age as real estate agents is, I think, 54 still. I mean, that age hasn't changed since I've been in real since I've joined. And a lot of that is because while we do get new agents coming in, right, you know, right out of high school, right out of college, agents coming in, for the most part, a lot of agents coming in as a second career, right, a second journey in their life. So that success may look different for many people. It may be, I just want to do enough deals to keep me busy and out of my, out of my spouse's hair, right? It may be things like that. Um, know what that success means to you, because that's going to tell you what effort you got to put into that, right? Um, Carrie's got classes. I've got classes. We've all got classes doing things that'll show you, you know, if you know what you're looking for, we can show you what that's going to take yearly, monthly to get that stuff done. Yeah. Um, what I would say is this. Do not, do not, do not compare yourself to your friend right next to you in the cubicle that just did five deals overnight, right? Because here's the truth of it. It, They might have done it. They also might not have done it, right? Just like your neighbor sold their home for $700,000 in a $300,000 neighborhood, (laughs) Uh not everybody completely tells the complete side of a story. Um, they may have been a part of six deals, <laughs> right? They showed a home for this agent. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying agents are doing things out there incredulously. I'm not trying to hint at that at all. But what I'm saying is we are all prone to, to um, push ourselves up when we need a little ego boost, right? We all tend to do things like that to make ourselves feel a little bit better in there. So don't judge on this, but just understand that it may or may not be true, but that doesn't mean that's your path. It doesn't mean it's the wrong path. Take things that are out there that are going to be successful for you and reward yourself based on your goals, right? I just got done in last January teaching a business builder class. It was a eight-week program. And I heard from a couple agents in the last couple of weeks that this was the first time they ever wrote goals and they actually achieved their goals, right? That's a success. I don't care if it was two deals. That's a success. Right? They didn't tell me their numbers. They didn't tell me that I didn't care. I just want to know they wrote their goals down and they filed through with them. Right. I found the stat. It's now 55, the age of a, of a, of a realtor. Oh, there you now. go. Yeah, you just put it up. 54% of all realtors. Well, the average, the median age is 55. The median age. Right. So we're, we're not getting younger. We're only still getting older, which I guess is good. It means we're living longer. But <laughs> right. So that works. So. Well, with that, Carrie, I don't want to kill everybody. We were almost on for a darn hour, and I told everybody at the very beginning this would happen because this is how me and Carrie communicate. <laughs> this is what we do. You just got a little bit of the insight of phone calls me and Carrie have <laughs> on a fairly consistent basis. So with that, Carrie, this is your time. This is your opportunity. Um, plug away. I would just say every Friday I go live on Instagram. Right now it's every Friday at 9 a.m. Carrie Joe Little, C-A-R-R-I-E-J-O-L-I-T-T-L-E, to teach you something. So join me on Instagram, follow me on Instagram, and that's when I will relaunch my YouTube channel. Thank you for having me, Justin. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for being on.
Don't forget to like, subscribe to all the favorite platforms out there. YouTube, Spotify, your podcasting platforms, iTunes, things like that. I'm here on all of them. Like, subscribe, and like to these. Give a rating if you get a chance. And share with other folks that would want to get some of this information. Can't wait to see you on the next episode.